Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming, action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. To celebrate Black History Month, the Library of Virginia is presenting a free screening of Current, A Descendant's Journey for Truth. The filmmakers explore the rivers and land that brought enslaved people to the Virginia shores, including the legacies of enslavement and what it will take for our country to repair and heal. It'll be followed by a discussion with the producer and director. The screening takes place Friday the 23rd of February at 2 p.m. Registration is required, so I'll include a link to the library on the webpage for this show at tvjerry.com. I used to dream radical dreams of blowing everyone away with my perceptive powers of correct analysis. I don't remember a lot of things. But a lot of things that I don't remember, I don't choose to remember. Childhood remembrances are always a drag if you're black. I remember what's important and I make up the rest. That's what storytelling's all about. That was an excerpt from the trailer to the new documentary on Max entitled Going to Mars, The Nikki Giovanni Project. Nikki Giovanni is one of the world's best-known black poets. She became recognized in the 60s as part of the black arts movement and went on to write more than two dozen volumes of poetry and 11 illustrated children's books. She's received the NAACP Image Award seven times and taught at Virginia Tech from 1987 until she retired in 2022. We'll be talking about the documentary and lots more. Sifter, review of the week. Suncoast on Hulu. This film takes place in the same hospice that cared for Terry Schiavo. And in case you don't remember that case, look it up. A teen, played by Nico Parker, is facing the end of life for her younger brother in that facility. Meanwhile, her harried mother, Laura Lenny, and an eccentric activist, Woody Harrelson, push and pull her through frustration and irritation. To make matters more complex, she's trying to fit in with a clique at high school. Parker navigates the sea of emotions effectively. Lenny makes her frustrated character's constant complaints barely bearable, while Harrison adds a lighter touch tinged with tender moments. Writer-director Laura Chen handles the tragic subject with varying degrees of success. Her creation of the group of high school girls provides some of the most enjoyable moments of humor and warmth. Ultimately, this story of emotional hardship goes where expected, but there's genuine compassion in this affecting hybrid of a coming-of-age story and a grief drama. I gave Suncoast three out of five stars. So, Nikki Giovanni, welcome to the show. Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni Project. What is this project all about? I think the project is is simply looking at not just space, but the relationship that we have to the galaxy and to other life forms and how we look at the history of Earth, actually. And what do you mean? I know you talked specifically about the trip to Mars can only be understood by Black women. Explain, please. (laughs) We came from a place that is known, you know, on the West African coast, through an ocean that was unknown to land at a place that was unknown, which became ultimately became United States of America. Well, going to space is the same thing. We leave planet Earth and we go through space, actually, um, and we land on Mars, which we really don't know very much about. So we go again from a place that we know through a place that we don't know to a place that we don't know. It's, it's a middle passage. Right. And and why women as opposed to men? Well, women are much nicer. You know, men... <laughs> men <laughs> Wait a minute now, Nikki. I'm nice. Sometimes. And it's not personal, but <laughs> men will go and, and they'll decide, oh, I have to kill whatever life form 
refine, you know, and we don't know what the life form is, but even if it's something as 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 small as what we would call an ant, you right. know, the men will step on it. But right. the women will look at it and say, oh, look at it. You know, I wonder <laughs> if I can make it grow. I laugh because black women do it all the time. First thing we say to people that we meet is, oh, are you hungry, baby? Have you uh, had something to eat? <laughs> right, and, right. and all women are very good at uh, welcoming people. Nurturing, right. So how did you start writing? When did you, was your first poem when you were like a little kid? No, no. I, I think the first poem that I really remember writing, of course, was a poem called Nikki Rosa, mm-hmm. because I, I'm a history buff. I've always been. And when I finally got to college, I majored in history. But one of the things that always interested me is that I live in a country that is always trying to tell people what I, not me, Nikki, but any number of people, uh, any any number of women particularly are like. Right. And I just thought, well, that's not a good idea. And so I ended up writing a poem called Nikki Rosa. And I think I wrote that when I was uh, late teens or okay. early, early 20s. But, uh, you know, we're seeing it right now with uh, the fight over women controlling their own bodies. Absolutely. We're seeing these old men who ought to be retired. Uh, <laughs> actually, we look Agreed. at the Supreme Court. Most of those people should go sit on a beach someplace. And they're telling women, you know, this is what what we believe. Well, nobody asks what they believe because men don't get pregnant. Women do. So who came up with this idea for the documentary? Uh, actually, uh, Michelle Stevenson and Joe Brewster, and they are the producers. It's, it's really not my film in, in, in any respect. They created it. And what I did was the best thing that any artist does for another artist is I got out of the way. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, they asked, uh, could they do it? And uh, my first thought was, well, no, because I, I think of documentaries as, as being done when you're, you know, dead. Right, right. <laughs> but since I wasn't dead, I thought, well, you know, no. But uh, Jenny uh, wanted to do it and our attorney wanted it done. She thought, oh, that's a good idea. So I was outvoted. Uh, my office is a very small, we, we run a three-person <laughs> office and uh, it was a two-to-one vote. So wow. I thought the next thing I should do is uh, get out of the way. And I think that they did a, a really wonderfully creative situation with my work. I, I was really very proud. I am very proud of it. It's interesting you said that because that was my next question is, it is very artistically designed, conceptually. Did you have any input into that or they just say, here's what we're going to do. And you're like, oh, wow, y'all got real arty. No, they, they didn't ask and, and I didn't ask. So that's one reason we got along. Film is very different from uh, writing, as you know, I'm, I'm right. sure. And it was important to me if they were going to do it to let them do it. I think that Michelle and Joe did uh, an incredibly uh, creative job. We didn't make the short list of the Academy Awards. Right. And Michelle was very uh, disappointed, but I'm older than everybody. So I've, I've heard no, <laughs> you know, a lot of times. And that was like a no. But I called Michelle and I said, you know, in, in uh, you know, 10 years, everybody's going to be making what they call it, biopics. Right. They're going to be using this. They'll be studying. The, the classes will be studying how they did this. You know, they took the voices away. I, I, there's nobody saying, I mean, it, it's a narrative, but it's not, uh, nobody's talking. Right, right. <laughs> if I right. can say it like, No dialogue, right, right. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, you get sick of those uh, those stories, you know. This is a story, and she was born, and, you know, she went to school, and she got a B in this. You know, nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. And I thought they, they came up with a very creative documentary. Surprise guest drop-in. And I got some more questions about it, but somebody is going to drop in to say hello. 
Footnote. Paula G. Akimwole is a Petersburg author and poet. You've never met, right, Paula? We actually have. We met at the Toni Morrison film screening at the ICA building in Richmond. I gave you a copy of my book and you wrote me a letter back. Oh, I'm glad. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. But she's been an influence on your life for quite a while, right, Paula? Yes, Um, for quite a while. I would say all the women in my family write, and I I suppose the men do too, probably a secret, but um, I was introduced to you by my grandmother, who goes by Sister Athea, um, and my mother, who are um, both readers and writers. So very early, I was encouraged to read. I remember reading, I wrote a good omelet, and just feeling like that was the exact expression, and it was expressed so beautifully. And then hearing ego tripping on a different world and just being being completely moved by it. Um, and so I've been following and studying your work since. Speaking of your studying, didn't you do something in college that was kind of unusual? I don't know if Nikki knows about this. <laughs> yeah. So um, in college, I started an arts club. Um, and essentially, we were trying to determine a way to combine um, the different types of art that we wanted to invite so we came up with the, a, a title for our club that was Two Giovanni, which was Tupac and Nikki Giovanni. And we figured that that title would um, ultimately express to people the types of art that were welcome. And that title ended up becoming the title of my very first blog when I started blogging. And you were comparing Tupac's poetry to Nikki's poetry. Is that correct? Well, just that you write so much about Tupac and your relationship. And I know about the tattoo, which I think is... So cool. So I think it's beautiful that you honor him in that way, being one of our elders and recognizing his impact on the world. That's very nice. Thank you. How else has Nikki influenced you all these years? As a poet, I find that it is really easy to find my own voice getting lost in other voices. And so sometimes I have to sort of rein back in. And for some reason, your work kind of does that for me, helps me to ground myself. When I read it, it feels like I'm reading from like a sister girl or a friend who's talking directly (laughs) to me. And so I appreciate that when I find myself feeling a little um, out of whack, I can grab a book or um, especially your essays. I'm moving into essay writing myself now. And so I've been enjoying reading those too. Oh, thank you. (laughs) That was very nice. One more thing before we leave. I think you did something special just for today, didn't you? I did. So this is a poem I wrote called Poets in Outer Space, and it is dedicated to you. There are poets in outer space who got there by accident, wrote themselves so high that they were outer before they knew inner, looking about at how expansive and sparkling and fascinating, but failed to realize how vast and dark and alone. There are poets in outer space, the kind that never called themselves poet, who took a hot air balloon ride or rocket ship, didn't write one word on the journey, they'd be watching and waiting, saying they hoping inspiration might strike, but lightning strikes too. At least that would be something to write about. There are poets in outer space who bargained with the moon to host a slam in exchange for a Milky Way feature, got Mercury and Pluto as guest judges, and all the stars are scoring 30s. All the constellations are reminiscing about when they were the celestial body to beat, and the grand prize, you too get to become a galaxy. There are poets in outer space who only write about the stuff on Earth, and poets in outer space that can't remember which planet they're from, and poets in outer space who got mamas and grandmas up here too, and poets who ain't never left the ground. They still got work to do there, 
things to poet about, got dreams of Mars as their final resting place. So greeting to the poets in outer space, at inner space and of space itself, who give us something to dream about, who encourage us to write cloudy like there's no dark matter to worry about. We wish on you like a star. You got me spacing out, got me high tripping in the sky, thinking someday I want to go to Mars too. May I visit you there? Oh, that's lovely. It <laughs> was. That was great. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sure she's got a copy of that that she'll send me, and I'll make sure we send it to you too so you can have oh, it thank permanently. You. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. It was my absolute pleasure meeting you. Thank you, okay, Paula. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, let's go back to the movie. Well, wait a minute. Before we go to the movie, what's this tattoo? She mentioned a tattoo? I don't know if you can see it. It says Thug Life. Oh, right. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I got it for Tupac. So. Uh, obviously, obviously, yeah. So I noticed that uh, Taraji Henson, she does the voiceover and also is the executive producer. How did she get involved? Somebody asked her, you know, well, how did you get involved? She said, well, they had me at two words, Nikki Giovanni. I was just like, oh, my God, you know, she's a big star and the color purple is doing very well because of her. And so it, it's very nice that, that she just agreed. I mean, it wasn't any negotiation or any crap, just like, yeah, I, I'm happy to do it. How long were you involved with the crew? Because I'm sure they followed you on a book tour for a while, because that was kind of obvious that you were doing. Was it a book tour or just an occasional well, gig? I think that um, some they followed me some places. And then other things, They, you know, somebody's always with you. And I don't know how to say that humbly, but, you know, there's always somebody. Right, right. It's like now, you know, right now, if uh, somebody were doing something, they, they'd call you and say, well, we, we're doing this podcast and we want this shot of Nikki or we want this what she said, you know, people are always right. doing that. I always say yes. There was lots of great interviews from the 70s and stuff like that, too. I was watching some of that stuff, seeing yourself again, what, 50 years ago? Yeah. With the big fro? And how was that <laughs> to, to watch yourself in those period? I was laughing with someone doing an interview like I'm doing with you. And they said, well, what was the most unusual thing about it? And I said, I remember the first thing that I thought when I saw the documentary for the first time, is I didn't realize what a Southern accent I had. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was saying like, who is that speaking? Because I, you'll hear me talking on stage. She really has a Southern accent. And I am Southern, I'm Tennessean by birth. Yeah. And uh, it was really funny because you never think about your voice. I mean, your voice is just your voice. Right. The next thing that I thought about was, oh gosh, she was really pretty. Uh -huh. I, I didn't think about that because, you know, you have wrinkles now and, you right. know, the things that happen when you grow older. My favorite moment was when you lit James Baldwin's cigarette. Of course, you know, back in those days, everybody smoked everywhere. Everybody. Yeah. And it was just so funny. Right on TV, take a moment to light his cigarette. I love that oh, yeah. moment. That was kind of cool. It was obviously, you know, being there with him was wonderful. If there's one thing I would advise against, <laughs> it's smoking. Yeah. And I ended up with a lung cancer and I my, had my left lung removed. Uh, so I, anybody who's listening to us, you know, don't smoke. It's a bad idea. But yeah. in my generation, everybody smoked. So oh, yeah. Yeah. that's not an excuse. That's, that's an explanation. Yeah. Now, and I love one of the things that they left in was somebody asked you a question. I don't remember. It was in some interview. And you said, no, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> and I thought that was so cool that not only did you say, sure, I'm not going to answer that, but they left that in. Do you remember that moment? Somebody asked me, where was I on April 6th? Footnote. Actually, Nikki had her dates confused. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was not assassinated on April 6th, but April 4th, 1968. I don't remember where I was. And the question was re-asked, you know, it's like, well, you didn't hear me. And I'm saying, no, I did, but... 
I've answered you, I, and I don't. I don't remember where I was on April 6th. I just remember what happened. I do remember. I was coming from RPI, where I was a student, going home to Florida on the train when I heard the news. Oh. So how is teaching? How have you liked teaching all these years? I enjoy it uh, because I, I like storytelling. I wouldn't call myself friendly, but I <laughs> I, I enjoy it. But I enjoy people and help them get their voice. I've been retired now for just about a year. I don't miss it, if I can say it like that, because I still am traveling with my poetry and I'm still having an opportunity to talk to people. Of course, and nobody does. I don't miss the committee meetings and I don't miss the grading the papers. But I enjoyed, uh, you know, 30, I was there 35 years. Wow. And really the time just flew. I mean, I, I looked around, it's like, how did that happen? And you have a fan club. Do I? Yeah, it was mentioned in the movie. Somebody said something about I'm in your fan club, and I thought, did you you don't know you had a fan club? Uh, I didn't, but this is very nice. <laughs> well, congratulations. And I have Thank to say you. this. One of the things that I enjoyed most about the documentary is you're funny. <laughs> you know, in your speaking, in your interviews, I love you. You said, I remember what's important, and I make up the rest. So I, mean, I guess you people tell you that. You know, they expect from the poetry is kind of mostly yeah. serious and kind of intense. And then there's this woman who isn't. Yeah, I do get that a lot because they... I don't know. Uh, my generation was known for wanting to run the world, and I never wanted to run the world. I just want to share it. Right. And uh, I think that the thing that most surprises people that I do talk about a lot, and of course, Christmas just came, was who was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? And <laughs> right. why was he mistreated? And I think that Rudolph should have told Santa to kiss his red-nosed ass, but <laughs> he should have. They didn't help him out when, right. when, when he needed help. What's next for you? Well, right now, because I love jazz, we're, we're and I say we, I don't know if I've quite convinced them, the producers of Going to Mars, but I want to do Next Stop Venus. Oh, okay. Yeah. A follow-up. Sure, why not? The next, uh, the, the jazz poetry of Nikki Giovanni. Oh. And cool. because so much of my poetry is jazz and food, mm -hmm. I'm going to have dinner with them in a couple of days. If they take it on, and I think they will, because, you know, why, why wouldn't the next stop be Venus? Yeah. Then if I can convince them, they, they will pull their people together and see what they want to do. But I think it's a good idea to take it someplace else. You know, just do it again. It's fun. That's great. That's great that you're still going strong on that. So yeah. the last question I always like to ask people, when you have some time to sit around and you're not reading, what do you like to watch on TV or streaming? Jeopardy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. How well do you do in it? Uh, not as well as as as, as Jenny. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, <laughs> that's the truth. I usually could get Final Jeopardy, but I miss some of the the other. But I I enjoy Jeopardy. My favorite movie is The Godfather one and two. Oh wow! Okay. And I can watch that indefinitely. Mm -hmm. And I have watched and and I have to say we have watched uh, Downton Abbey. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I can. When they ask who said, I can tell you, you know, really? from down wow. there, because we watch, I know we've watched it maybe six times. We wow. purchased it. Yeah. And uh, I have a dear friend, Kwame Alexander, who writes children's books. And Kwame has recently gotten, I don't know how to say it. I don't know. It's like Disney Plus or something. I, I'm not oh, good. Right. It is Disney Plus. Yeah. And uh, his, his book, uh, The Crossover, is about twin boys and the mother and father's lovely book. And it will be, uh, well, it's a story. And it will be out. And I intend to look at that. I've known Kwame. I taught Kwame. And I'm I'm just so proud of 
of everything that he, you know, he, he writes me and says, who taught me to, to, to keep working like this? Because I tease him, I say, you work, you're, you're writing with two hands because he really does, uh, you know, he's writing one book and looking at, you know, right. he works very hard. And I keep saying, you know, you need to relax. You need to take it easy. And he said, well, who taught me to work this hard? <laughs> said, Don't blame me. Well, it sounds like you're not relaxed and taking it easy either. <laughs> no. Yes, I did have one of the questions. So do you ever get to Richmond? Yeah, sometimes. I was in Rich Richmond fairly recently because I won the uh, Virginia Library Award with uh, David Baldacci, right, who's a right. lovely man, uh, David and his wife. Footnote. David Baldacci is a Richmond native and best-selling novelist whose legal thrillers have been made into movies and more. David came over here. You know, David is a big author. I mean, I'm going mm -hmm. to tell you that. And uh, I've heard no before, but I was working with our library and sent to the librarian, well, who would you like to, you know, who should we invite? And she said, oh, you know, we probably couldn't get him. Let's ask David Delbachi. And I said, we can write him because all he can say is no. And we wrote him and he said he'd be delighted. Cool. And everybody, I mean, we were all at the library that Saturday. Everybody thought, well, we're going to get a call and they're going to say he has a uh, sneezes or, you know, he's right. not coming. But we didn't. But we're living here in, in a rural area, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we could hear it. David drives the same car that Prince, well, King Charles now drives, and you could hear it coming down. It's a Aston Martin. It's one of those cars oh, wow. nobody yeah. can afford. Yeah. And we could hear that car, and everybody went, there it is. So we're all standing outside when he pulls up, and we're just all shouting. <laughs> but cool. uh, he's lovely. And again, he does what I do, or I do what he does, whichever way. But he stayed there. He talked to the kids. He signed. He didn't move until the last person right. was finishing. Right. And I really, really appreciated that because I think a real artist is kind. Right. I think right. that that's one of the words. If you say, what defines a real artist? I would say kindness. Mm -hmm. And I know enough artists or people who think they are, who are not, who you don't want to be around or don't want to be bothered with, or you're wondering, you know, how the hell right. did they get here? Right, but right. Uh, David, David's quite a lovely man. Oh, I was thinking maybe you had a favorite restaurant in Richmond or something. You don't hang out here that much. No. <laughs> no. Well, so are you going to, uh, I guess, are you going to be watching the Oscars to see if maybe no. something? Nope. No. Nope. I, as far as I'm concerned, Oscar's over. <laughs> Since you didn't get in, I know how you feel. Yeah, well, that's too bad. No point in me why, you know, what I was looking for won't happen. So yeah, yeah. we're moving on. There you go. Well, <laughs> stop Venus. <laughs> there you go. Next stop Venus. Perfect. Well, that's a perfect yeah. way to segue. I want to thank you so much. This has been fascinating. I enjoyed the documentary. It's beautifully made. Thank you. It's a wonderful tribute to you and a wonderful piece of art. And I hope people will check it out on Max. And I want to thank you again. This has been great. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Nikki Giovanni is one of the world's best-known black poets, and this new documentary about her, Going to Mars, The Nikki Giovanni Project, is now on Max. I'll have a link to it on the webpage for this show at TV Jerry. Coming soon. In theaters. Land of Bad. A military mission goes wrong, and these guys come to the rescue. Starring Russell Crowe, Milo Ventimiglia, and Liam Hensworth. No Way Up. For those about to jump on a plane, you might want to skip this one because this flight crashes in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Adam the First. A 14-year-old boy crosses the country to meet a series of men, one of whom might be his father. You can prep for the Oscars with three packages of shorts, animated, live action, and documentary. TV and streaming. Avatar, The Last Airbender on Netflix. This is a live action version of the Nickelodeon animated series. Constellation on Apple. 
Numi Rapace plays an astronaut who returns to Earth to find pieces of her life missing in this sci-fi space drama. This Is Me Now on Prime Video is a documentary that parallels the release of Jennifer Lopez's new album. Next week is a fun-filled interview with former Richmonder Chrissy Offit, who's been in LA working with and for some great celebs. She dishes plenty of dirt. This is Jerry Williams. See you next week. For more Sister, including literally thousands, thousands of, of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.